As we start up our worship here at Poolsville Presbyterian today, as we come again to our Tiny Gospel Radio Hour, we're listening there to Come Build a Church as we start out, and that is the Grove Methodist Tabernacle Choir from Grove Methodist Church just outside of Denver, Colorado, singing that for us, and we are grateful for their music this morning. We're also grateful as we listen to them sing Come Build a Church to looking at today's diorama in which Jane Wanell, our stalwart worship elder, has come and built us a church. Um, We've got little peeps in the pews. We've got our little sanctuary laid out in three-dimensional diorama. We have little tiny peeps, and we've got... uh, We have, looking at the bow, it's most likely Monica there at the little tiny piano with the radiant light, and instead of me up front, um, we've got action figure Jesus, because, you know, you you want Jesus up there in the front of what we're going to work with as our little church in diorama today. So thank you, Jane, so much for that. Uh, As we gather together in community um, as we worship here together virtually. I'd remind everyone to keep their eyes open weekly for the announcements that are coming to you via email. Uh, You'll get scriptures for the worship, you'll get adult education information, and needs of the community every Friday via email. If for some reason you are not getting that email, Uh, feel free to contact the church and the website, which you can see in the broadcast right in front of you, should have uh, contact information and email. Just zap either Laura an email or me at belovedspear at gmail.com. So we'll look forward to to continuing on with these worships, which hopefully will function today. We're using a totally different system, and I would thank... uh, Thank John Kasner for all his work in the last week helping me get this set up so that maybe it'll actually work this week. Uh, moving on, let's now listen to one of the things that we uh, we missed last week. We're going to listen to the Poolsville Presbyterian Church tone chimes playing for us for the beauty of the earth. Let's now listen to the tone chimes as we move into worship.
That was our own Poolsville Presbyterian Church tone chimes offering up virtually for the beauty of the earth. And we finally get to hear that, which is nice. Uh, let's now, as we gather together to wor- in worship, go before our God in prayer. Let's go to God in prayer right now. Gracious and loving God, we know your spirit moves in us and works to transform us. We sense the growth of your spirit in moments here and there. And yet our lives are a cluttered thicket of other demands and stresses, demands that we listen to even as the spirit stirs in our hearts. We're fearful for our future. We're afraid and protective of the things that we have. And our desire for power, our desire for control, crowds out the light of your grace. From our grasping, we allow unresolved angers and sorrows to lay down deep roots in us. And those things choke out the life that you're trying to create in us. We speak our hope for that life. But too often, when we are pressed and stressed, we forget to actually live it. For our inattention to our growth in grace, forgive us, Lord, in Christ's name, Forgive us. Amen. Listen now for the assurance of God's pardon. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. May the God of all mercy, who forgives us all our sins, strengthen us in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep us in eternal life. Amen. Let's now listen to a little bit more music. Uh, We're going to listen now to an arrangement of The Church's One Foundation, uh, which is arranged and played by Marcel and Cindy Aroca, who are the music leaders of Hope Fellowship Christian Reformed Church, which is also in Denver, Colorado. Let's give a listen as they sing this for us. The church is one foundation, is Jesus Christ her Lord. She is his new creation. By toilet. 
That was Marcel and Cindy Aroca of Hope Fellowship Christian Reformed Church singing for us. We're now going to listen for God's Word as we hear it in Scripture, and I'll invite virtually forward uh, Elder Catherine Bellavo to give us our first two Scripture readings of the day. Psalm 66, verses 8 through 20. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you have brought us out to a spacious place. I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows, those that my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I will offer to you burnt offerings of fatlings with the smoke of the sacrifice of rams. I will make an offering of bulls and goats. Selah. Come and hear, all you who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for me. I cried aloud to him, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly God has listened. He has given heed to the words of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. The second reading is from 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 22. Now who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear, and do not be intimidated, but in your hearts sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear so that when you are maligned, those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if suffering should be God's will, than to suffer for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah, during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water, and baptism, which this prefigured, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God.
Got a little pre-music there as uh, as I fiddle with two mice and manage to uh, to not get both of them going. What I'm going to do now is what we've been doing the last few weeks, which is try to bring out one of the little worship buddies that we uh, that we have here in the church. Now, this isn't a, a formal worship buddy. This is a um, little beaver guy who I found sitting back. Uh, I tried to have him out last week, and, uh, well, he, his moment was eclipsed by the failure of Facebook. So we're bringing him out again, um, and he's one of the many little toys that sit back and keep our kids entertained as they go into Spear Hall and go running around, and here he is. And what I'd like to do now, as I tend to, is uh, play a little bit of music. We caught a tiny bit of that on the uh, on the front end of this, and I'm going to set our worship buddy over in our worship diorama. All right, hey, let's get him over there. He'll sit over there on the side of our worship diorama, and I'm going to play for us a a version of Jesus Loves Me. We're going to be doing a new one every week, and this, we heard a little bit of it before as it started, and I couldn't stop it, is um, Jesus Loves Me as played by a group called One Sound Music. Um, One Sound Music um, is a Christian jazz quintet that is British, and they play different uh, classical music themes through the smooth jazz medium. So we're not going to listen to all of this, because like most smooth jazz, it goes on for a while. But let's listen now for uh, Jesus Loves Me as, as filtered through the smooth jazz aesthetic. Let's give it a listen. That's really nice and tight. It's also what you hear when you're on hold with customer service in heaven. So that's something to look forward to. 
Let's now uh, get ourselves uh, back into Scripture. Let's get ourselves back into into Scripture now. I'm going to be reading as our third Scripture reading, the Gospel of John. I'll be reading John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. That's John 14, verses 15 through 21. Let us listen again for God's holy word. Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious God, grant that the words of my mouth and the meditations in the hearts and in the minds of each and every one gathered here, grant that they might be acceptable in your sight. O our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'm not sure these last few months exactly how I should be describing this time. What is this time? One after another, I've been getting missives, emails from the various sundry different companies and brands that sell me stuff, and they all describe this time in different ways. My local motorcycle dealer tells me we are in trying times, but they are here for me and tells me and reminds me that the best way to social distance is on the back of a motorcycle where no one's anywhere near you and you're outside. There's a roofing company that's been telling me through flyer after flyer after flyer that we're in difficult times, difficult times, and they're here to help with roofing needs. And the company that sold me my tiny little home robot, which back when we were still gathering together I once used in a children's message, tells me that we are in challenging times. And my robot is there for me. These are peculiar times. This present moment is a bit of a mess. But what I have a harder time with is the idea that our right now is somehow our forever. And many of my gloomier friends, um, I always thought I was a pessimist, but evidently I'm not the gloomiest person out there now. Apparently, we are in something that is a new normal. I keep seeing over and over again this idea, and I've talked about this in other sermons, that things will never be as they were. 
that normal has changed forever. I'm not quite sure I buy that. This time is different, and we're definitely going through a period of challenge, but I don't buy that this is the way things will always be. Because we human beings have this unfortunate tendency to assume that wherever we are, whatever we're experiencing right now is just the way things are, the way they must be. Because we're creatures of the moment, creatures of our present. And this is something that has only been reinforced and doubled down upon as we enter this short attention span social media era when if you spend more than three seconds on Twitter, which you should not, you don't see beyond the moment. Everything is, oh, big and right now, and yet tomorrow doesn't come and yesterday is forgotten. And that view of life, the being trapped in the present moment, reminds me of what it's like when you're sick when you come down with something which, heaven forbid, we're not going to in this time because, you know, every last little sniffle or cold, everything we feel. But when we get really sick, when we do get sick, it's hard to remember what it's like to feel well. We don't have that memory. We grasp the concept of wellness, sure, but the reality of it eludes us. We can't remember what it feels like to be well when you've been in bed and you're sweating and you've got that fever. It's almost like you forget what it was like to not feel that. What you know, what you feel is the ache and the pain, the fog and the fatigue. And when you're sick, there are times when that fever gets high and your mind is a cloud and you're drifting in and out of sleep and you think... I'm never going to feel different. I will always feel like this. And we become trapped in the prison of our present moment, whelmed about with the blind animal tyranny of the right now. And I've been writing that sermon and shared a bit of that on Facebook and as my wife reminded me, it sounds like you're actually sick now. Maybe you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't be suggesting that. And I get that, because we tend to experience things in the moment. But we who live so fiercely in the now also have to stand and encounter, if we're Christians, with the story that is told in John's Gospel this morning. It's a story of hope in an uncertain time. A story of how Jesus reminded us of our connection with our Lord, his Father, and just what that meant for all of us. The text today comes out of John's story, which is rich and deep and full of the Spirit, and what we're offered today is this potent little saying delivered by Jesus as he speaks about his imminent departure to a group of gathered friends. And they know he's not going to be with them for much longer. And they're feeling that loss. So Jesus talks about the future, talks about what it's going to mean when he's no longer with them. 
And what he leaves them with is hope. He leaves them with hope wrapped in a riddle and packed into a conundrum, but it is hope nonetheless. As part of his conversation with them, he gives them a command and presents them with a promise. And the command is a simple one. He orders them to do something. He demands something of them. He says to his followers, his friends, his disciples gathered around him, what I ask of you is to love one another. He doesn't suggest it. He doesn't imply it. He demands it of them. And we who don't particularly like being ordered around might say, well, you know, don't tell us what to do. But the reality is if you commit to the path of Christ, what he is commanding his disciples to do here is fundamental. If you have signed up for this Jesus thing, if you said, I am committed to the way of Christ, then you're committing yourself to his service. If he is your Lord, you do what he asks you. And what he asks, all he asks, is that we make a point, an intention, a commitment, take it as our duty to love one another and share that love. And that demand should be a joy. On many days it is, but on other days it's not, and we feel that lately. If you've not gotten out of the house for days and you're rattling around and everything feels off and you're just annoyed at the world and you're annoyed at everyone in the store and you see a guy wandering around not wearing a mask and he's talking loudly and you're just not feeling Christian charity towards him. When you're irritated and offended and feeling self-righteous, that is when that command is given to you. When Jesus' demand of that is a reminder that loving our neighbor is a duty to be done whether we feel like it or not. We do it because we have committed to treating our neighbors through the lenses, not just of our own limited selves, but through God's love. We do it because we have promised Jesus we would. And in exchange for that commitment, that promise, Jesus promises his disciples something in return. He may not be physically present with them. He is very, very socially distanced from them. But he offers them something that will be close to them. He will not be present, but another will be. That other is described by various Bibles in various ways, depending on how translators have approached it. It's the helper that's with us. It's the comforter that's with us. In John 14, 16 today, if we draw from the New Revised Standard Version, it is the advocate with us. An advocate is a solid translation of that. It's a good one because it comes so close to the language that John used when he wrote this gospel. It's a term used to describe the Holy Spirit and the presence of God with us. And the word that is in the original writing is parakletos, parakletos. In the Greek, coming from two 
separate words, a prefix and a root, and the prefix is para, meaning together with, right by your side, immediately present when you need it. We've got other words like that. Think, for example, of the word parachute, which is right on your back, and when you use it, you need it to be close, and you need it to work. Or think paramedic, the one that is first there, that is right there, that is giving you the immediate care you need in the time that you need it. It's a prefix of support, of care, of help in a time of need. And then there's the second half of that word, para, and then kaleo, which means to make a call. Not a phone call, but to make a call about something, to make a judgment about something. Taken together, that whole word means one who knows you intimately. And from that intimate understanding makes a judgment in your favor, on your behalf. They're the one who knows you the most intimately, who stands with you, loves you, and sustains you. And for that, you've got to be close. And we hear Jesus then talking about just how close God needs to get to us when God is caring for us and guiding us. And this God, this God who Jesus calls us into relationship with, is not far away, is not pie in the sky by and by, is not distant in a faraway heaven. This God is right there with us, our soul guide. And when Jesus gets into saying how close that has to be, it gets a little strange. He says, you will know, Jesus says, that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Jesus asks us to embrace a new way of being in which the boundaries between us and the God who made us break apart because God loves us so deeply, God knows us so deeply that God is closer to us than we are to our very own selves. We human beings see things shallowly filtered through our own biases and perspective, but God sees us truly not just in our flaws, but in everything we might become. Everything we might become, God knows. God sees all of us. God doesn't just see this moment that we're in. God sees our past and everything that we have been. But God also sees our future, every possible reality of who we might be every best part of ourselves made in its fullness. God sees what that might be and calls us towards that blessed state of being. To see ourselves, to know hope, we have to see ourselves not just through the lenses of this moment, because sometimes where we are right now is hard, but we have to see past the mess of the moment, and towards the best hope for our future. That can be tough. But there are ways to visualize it. There are ways to think about it. 
like thinking on this difficult, challenging time, I found myself reflecting back to times past, to looking back into history, back to times where human beings have struggled with what it means to live through what we're living through right now. And because of where we stand in history, we can look back in ways we never could before. Like, for example, there's, there's a movie out there which I'd commend to you. you can, I don't know if you can snag it on Netflix or Prime, but you can find it out there. It's a movie by Peter Jackson, and this is the guy who directed the Lord of the Rings movies. And this film, also by Peter Jackson, does not involve any orcs or any elves or any hobbits. Something sort of more magical. It's a film called They Shall Not Grow Old, and Jackson uses all of the skill set he developed from the special effects in those films to go back and look at old vintage films from the dawn of film over a hundred years ago. And the film he made, They Shall Not Grow Old, looks back at the First World War more than a hundred years ago. And we've all seen those old vintage films. You know, they tend to have piano or organ playing in the background and everyone's in black and white and they're scurrying around like five times faster than people are supposed to go because the frame rate's all messed up. They don't look real at all. What Jackson did was take those herky-jerky, black and white, soundless images, filter them through AI and neural networks, Add in sound, add in color, and suddenly you're looking back in time. I find those films fascinating. And lately there is that technology available to everyone. To the point where there are random folks out there on YouTube who have taken the same AI, the same neural network stuff, and they've applied it old films from the dawn of cinema. And among those films um, are things like what I'm going to try to pitch out for you now, assuming that I can work my own very own technology here. Uh, I'll see if I can get this to expand out. There we go. I'll put, like, make that a little bit bigger. Um, what you can see there down in the corner um, are a collection of films um, this is Amsterdam. If you look down in the corner of your screen, it's Amsterdam in the year 1922. And you can watch these films, as my wife and I have been, and they're kind of fun to take a look at. Um, you can watch these films, and what you see... I'll slide this out over here. See if I make that a little bigger for y'all. Slide that out. We'll get back. We'll get back to the diorama, don't you worry. Um, but if you take a look at this, this is a movie from a hundred years ago. These are folks who are wandering around in their lives in Amsterdam in 1922. You watch this cinema and you can see, you know, the color's not exactly right, but it gives you this sense of being present the sense of experiencing the world as it was back then. And 
all these people who were staring at this camera or walking around in the street and they're laughing and they're dancing and they're listening to music and the kids are staring at the camera and they're goofing around. And it's just, you can sense more of their humanity. And watching it a hundred years in the future, now I'm going to drop that down again, so there we go. Fiddle around with my... You watch it from this future where we can see them and experience their lives. You watch that, and what's striking is where they are and what's going on around them. Because that's Amsterdam, and that's 1922. If we think, what did they just live through? Where are they coming from? What are they doing with their lives? And I'm reminded that all the people we see in the images that I just ran before you are people, children laughing, adults dancing, and they had all just lived through the great influenza pandemic of this last century that began in 1918 in Holland and went for three years for them. And yet two years later, what they're doing is dancing and playing, laughing and goofing around together, being human, fully and connected to one another. We can see them, essentially as only then God could have seen them, seeing a future that they did not yet know. If you lived in Amsterdam in 1919, your life would have been fear. But here, just a little later, all is well. As harsh as things had been, life had returned. Now, we don't know what our future holds because we don't see that. We can't see through the eyes of our Maker what things are going to be like in six months, what things are going to be like in a year. But yet Jesus reminded his disciples to connect with the God who knows our future, who knows the promise of what is to come for us, and to trust in that. Trust that he is in God and we in him. And to rest in that deep hope of our connection to our creator. That is the grace and the promise of the Spirit as it is given to us. And let that hope be yours be yours and mine. Amen. As we continue on with our service, I'll remind you that this ministry is sustained by your giving. Right there on the page, you can see our website address at poolpres.com. If you plug that in, go to the bottom of the page. There's a form you can fill out that will allow you to set up donations. You can also mail your check to support this ministry to Poolsville Presbyterian Church, Post Office Box 68 in Poolsville, Maryland, 20837. That's Poolsville Presbyterian Church, P.O. Box 68, Poolsville, Maryland, 20837. Let's now listen to a little bit more music. This drawn from our church. Um, we're going to listen to If Ye Love Me, which was composed by Thomas Tallis in 1565 and sung by our choir and recorded by our choir back in 2014. Let's listen now to our, the Poolsville Presbyterian Church Choir singing Tallis's If Ye Love Me.
That was If You Love Me by Thomas Tallis, sung by the Poolsville Presbyterian Church Choir. Let's now together listen for the Spirit as we gather for today's Prayers of the People. I'll virtually invite forward uh, Elder Bill Mattis to do our prayer today. God of creation, we praise you every spring as flowers bloom, trees bud, and the earth renews. But we are praising you for the things we can see and touch. You are the creator of a vast universe beyond that. You created the forces that hold atoms and molecules together, that power the stars and galaxies that form the actions of proteins and DNA in the cells of living things. These are things we cannot see and, to, and touch, and too often we are afraid of what we cannot see and do not understand. But you are the same God that caused the creation of all of these, seen and unseen. You are the same God whose creation includes punishing storms and beautiful sunsets. You're the same God whose creation includes bewildering disease and a crucified Savior. Lord God, while you and your creation are beyond our understanding, your love through your Son is in our hearts. Let that love well in us to create courage, compassion for others, and especially at this time, wisdom. Let us face our challenges with your voice in our ears. Make us those instruments of your peace to make decisions based on love. Help us to address the unseen and the unknown, not with fear, but with the best of the intellect that you have gifted us with. Let us be humbly humble. Only you are God and your call and you call us to love you with all our heart, soul, and mind, and most importantly, our fellow humans as ourselves. These are those indeed that we know that we offer prayers for. We ask your intercession and help. Those who are depressed or suffering from anxiety, addiction, or struggles, grant your grace and guidance. For those who are ill and their families, Jackie, Ms. Edwards, Kim, Elise, Sal, Patrick Stevens' brother-in-law, Susan, Gary, Jan, Roy, Annie, the Kozer's friend, Walt, Nolan, Wendy, Wid, Alicia's friend Sue, Pat, Lynn, Priscilla, Alicia's friends Tony and Deborah, Michelle Gilliet's mom, Doreen, Julie, and all those affected by this pandemic. Grant healing and at all times through faith, the gift of your indwelling peace. And for those who are in a time of loss and grief, especially the family and friends of all those who have died, 
and COVID-19. We ask your blessings of comfort, strength, and grace to empower them to face these challenges. We offer prayers of thanks and joys for Bill Breyer's sister, Jerry, in remission. Finally, we pray for our world during the COVID-19 pandemic. May our leaders make wise decisions. A vaccine be developed quickly, and we listen to and heed advice from those with true expertise. Lift our sights higher so that we can strive toward loftier goals in the coming days. And anoint us so that in all ways, in all times, in all places, we glorify you. In the name of Jesus Christ alone, we are now bold to offer the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're now going to listen again to the Poolsville Presbyterian Church Choir singing for us now, Because He Lives, a song composed by Gil and Gloria Gaither, Bill and Gloria Gaither. So let's listen to Because He Lives with the Poolsville Presbyterian Church Choir singing.
Trail, this has been Poolsville Presbyterian Church bringing you a tiny gospel radio hour, and we're glad to sort of mostly get through it this week. What we're looking at now is the hope that we'll gather again next week um, here on Facebook, and at some time soon gather together so that we can see one of them. We're grateful for God's promises. We're grateful for God's goodness. And we're especially grateful that God reminds us that whatever present challenge we might be experiencing, no matter how stressed and strained and fearful we might be, that there is in God's grace the possibility of a hopeful future. It is that promise recorded in John's gospel that Jesus gave to his disciples. And it's that promise we carry forward with us in this week. None of us knows what the days to come might bring, but we trust. We trust that God's grace will guide us and through God's presence close to us as our own selves that we'll be able to hear God's voice and move towards that promise. So in that hope, now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with all of us for today and for tomorrow and our whole lives long. Amen. We're going to leave worship this week um, with a little bit of music from another sweet little church. Um, I've been looking around for music, and what I found was um, someone by the name of Shauna Welch, who's the music director of Southridge Church, singing a sweet little version of On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. And she's out there on YouTube trying to set up her own ministry, trying to connect with her community who are so apart from one another. And she's out there on YouTube, and she has two subscribers. Well, now that I've subscribed, she has three. So let's listen to Shauna as she sings on Christ, the solid rock I stand. And let's go out into the world this week and rest on that gracious rock. And this next song is On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand.
guest in.